Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a doctor and a lawyer walk into a podcast. The date is Monday, May 29th, 2023. I'm your North Texas attorney, Sean, and here as always with my good friend, Dr. Blom. Dr. Blom, how you doing? Good morning, everyone. We're still in morning time. Good morning. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Sean Esquire, so good to hear from you. It's been a long week. So good to to see your your beautiful mug on my uh on my Commodore 64 monitor. Yeah, we're working remotely again, huh? I am on location. I kind of bouncing back and forth between uh, San Antonio and home area, but I'm hailing from South-ish Texas, uh, just outside of SA, and um, always excited to be here, excited. And uh, once again, special shout out. Hello. Thank you, everyone, for... Uh, Memorial weekend. Thank you, all of our all of our soldiers, our uh, men and women that have gone before us to give us our our freedoms. Yeah, absolutely, and our first responders that are out there defending it as well. Um, so, before I guess we get into it, in case everyone's wondering, we're not going to be talking a lot about Memorial Day events today. We are recording on Memorial Day, uh, which is. We usually don't record on a Monday, but we're going to cover any Memorial Day cooking and plans and all that uh, next week on our episode. Um, so prior, uh, I guess, before we get into much, do you got any follow-up or mea culpa, Dr. Blom? We are doing less and less mea culpa and more and more follow-up, so that's always good. I do have a couple of knickknacks on follow-up. So last episode was a, a vaccination episode of sorts, amongst many other great topics. Uh, the smallpox scar on the arm is not seen anymore because pretty much the U.S. gave up on, well, I say gave up on, won the battle against smallpox back in the 70s. So if you were born after 1972, then uh, you probably don't have the smallpox scar. People before that, like our parents, they have the big the big circle uh look at me i've got a i've got a smallpox vaccination uh you had a there's there's a vaccine j-y-n-n-e-o-s i gen genios and uh, anyway that's uh that one does not have a scar and that one's kind of the monkeypox um vaccine and yes about tb vaccine tb vaccine is not really used in the u.s they use it in other countries that have a lot of tb u.s doesn't have a lot of tb so in, in those countries, it's mostly people below the age of 16, babies and kids. Polio, we talked about a little bit. Uh, there's three types of polio. Polio 2 eradicated in 1999, high five scientist. Uh, polio 3 eradicated in 2020. And polio 1 is still around, but pretty much just Pakistan and Afghanistan. Pakistan, Afghanistan, wash your hands. Come on, get it together. Whatever's, whatever's going on over there. Moving on to volcanoes, one of my favorite topics. Mm. So first and foremost, uh, where does the word volcano come from? Um, the dictionary. Correct. And yes. before that, it's from a small island off the, uh, off the coast of uh, Sicily. Vol volcano also. <laughs> is the name v of the town? V-U-L... Uh, C-A-N-O. I don't know if they pronounce it differently. Anyway, so these uh, these geniuses, they would see the volcano smoking everything, and they thought it was the chimney of Vulcan. Vulcan was the blacksmith to the Roman gods. 
And so in their stupid primitive mind, they thought this guy was like hammering away, like making Zeus's or not Zeus, but because it's Roman gods. So Jupiter, the, the other <laughs> Jupiter and Zeus, depending on uh, whether you like Greek or Romans. Anyway, so they thought it was the blacksmith, the blacksmith of the gods. He's making thunderbolts and making a bunch of weapons for Mars, God of War. And then all the smoke comes out. They're like, ah, oh, that's that's what he's doing. So Sounds like a Marvel character. Yeah. Well, yeah, like uh, like Peter Drinklage. Is that his name? He yep. was the... Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was the blacksmith Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. Okay. Yes. He was the uh, he was the blacksmith in uh, Marvel. He made Thor's hammer, among other, and then he made Thor's axe, the hammer and the axe. Don't ask me mm. to pronounce the hammer. It has like fifteen consonants and only one vowel. Here's something I didn't know that uh, I like to get into the biggest and the best and the most whatever. So I was looking for the most dangerous, the deadliest, the deadliest volcanoes in the history of volcanoes. The volcano nerds. Highly debated. This is like the Crips and the Bloods for the for the volcano nerds. The volcano nerds highly debated uh, regarding which which volcanoes are the deadliest and which volcanoes have killed the most people. There is one in Indonesia, Tamboro, eighteen fifteen. They think it killed ninety around ninety two thousand. This is these are all estimates. And so a lot of the volcano deaths are like secondary tertiary things like the tsunami or the dust. Or things mm-hmm. like. So it's not exactly people are getting blasted with molten hot lava. <laughs> Pompeii uh, style. Right. Yeah. There's not, there's not a lot of that. So that's, they think that's the biggest death toll Tamboro Indonesia. By the way, I learned that Indonesia has horrible volcanoes that kill thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Did we get the final death count on Mount St. Helens? Uh, I think we did. 61, and I also read another pl- one that said 57. So, again, the volcano people, they just they can't come together on stuff. There's a debate on the most, the deadliest lurking volcanoes that uh-huh. we have right now. That You know, what are they going to do? There's Krakatoa uh, in, in, in Indonesia, Mount Pili, uh, Mark... Martinique and then there's Nevada del Ruiz in Colombia so these are these are supposed to be the ones that are gonna the ticking time bombs so there's a factors that the factors that roll into this is where is the volcano in relation to a great populace of people obviously so there's that and then do they have an escape route so these are all the things that the volcano nerds debate heavily heavily debate the PBS documentary uh, on the volcanoes, said that Kilauea, Kill Kilauea, the Hawaii one. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible one. That that it, sounds like the one. that's that's kind of common sense. I think the Hawaiians definitely knew what they were doing on that one. Anyway, so uh, there was a bunch of volcano nerds that heavily heavily debate which which ones are going to kill us. And strangely enough, enough the Yellowstone one didn't really make a. I, didn't, I don't know if I saw it on any list whatsoever. Indonesia is rocking the world in terms of very, very deadly volcanoes. So we also uh, briefly mentioned Earl Warren, Supreme Court Justice, for mm-hmm. the uh, Brown versus Topeka, Topeka case. He is the same dude from the Warren Commission. All right. Same Warren. Same, same, same E. E. Warzizzle. 
So uh, <laughs> yeah, with with JFK conspiracies, which I'm crazy fanatic about, then we are definitely going to get into that in November because that's when JFK died. Then also we uh, obviously you know we talk about Brown versus Topeka, and we don't really talk about we we'll talk about Brown. Brown was actually the dad. His Oliver Brown. Uh, he was the one. Him and I think thirteen other parents got together to to take the case uh, all the way up to the Supreme Court. And so, I think I don't know. Did you assume Brown was the kid going to school? I did. Um, I honestly I don't remember. Yeah, I just assumed that Brown <laughs> that Brown was the the little girl that was trying to go to. I think it was elementary school. So Oliver Brown, unfortunately, he died at the tender age of 42 from a heart attack. We also briefly touched on Waco. What's the final death count of Waco? You're Waco super nerd. Too many. Too too many is the correct (laughs) answer. 76 people, and it was a 51-day siege. Out of those 76, 25 kids. So, ugh, United States government... Yeah, 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 yeah. How many so, how many law enforcement were killed? Four agents. Four agents were killed. And then so I mean, I wouldn't say glass half full, glass half empty. The FBI and their super negotiator guy, they got thirty-five people out, including twenty-one kids. Yeah, I think that was the big beef, wasn't it? The FBI negotiators were like, We're making progress, and the ATF guys were like, Shut up, we're gonna go kick the door down. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa we can do this, you know, a little bit more tactical than just kicking a door down and setting the place on fire. Yeah. I mean, they had already tried to kick the door down and it, and it didn't go well. And also the FBI, you know, prides itself on its psychological criminologist and it's, uh, it's, um, mm-hmm. de-escalation team, things like that. So, right. Yeah. We, we're, we're very upset about Waco and how it played out. Those kids didn't need to die for sure. So those are my big follow-ups. There's some other ones that uh, we, we can cover at a, at a later date. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited. I want to just follow up in general on the podcast and give a shout out to all of our listeners that we now are aware of since we're on the podcast groups. And big shout out to Belgium too. That seems to be our, our runner up country of listeners, Dr. Blum. Thank you, Belgium. Uh Namaste. Aloha. What are you yeah, Belgium, you guys probably the best beer in the world. I've uh yeah, you guys are really, really rocking rocking the beer. And also Nigeria. Now we're there it is. Hey, it's that time. Speaking of beer. But yeah. yeah, shout out to the Nigerians too. Hey, you guys, I don't know, what was it? Six? We have at least six or seven fans in Nigeria. So thank you. Thank you, Nigeria. That's great. We are circling the globe. God, look at this. Look at this. So for beer talk today, I went with my traditional triple hops brewed Miller Light, Dr. Blom, but I put it in a fancy glass for you. Ooh, all right. Look at that chilled out of the freezer and everything i'm not i'm not gonna bang it around with a spoon for you though clunk 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 clunk. i don't really do that so much i just i just pour my beers and then you know i and then i pour it in another glass and it back and forth there we go like like a mad scientist yeah it Mm -hmm. looks it looks really dumb at a bar in public like just i wouldn't (laughs) doing it people people think that you've lost your mind so how do you know it's triple hops is that does it say that on the can 
Yeah, that's what the can says. Okay. They're just... Is it like the Japanese swords where they they fold them over a thousand times and like this is triple the hops? Because I, I don't so. think I don't think as of Miller and I'm not a big Miller guy. I don't think of Miller as um as like a hoppy beer, and they and it's, they're using yeah. they're saying triple. Yeah, maybe it's three different kinds of hops. Okay, yeah, I I feel that, like that makes more sense. Yeah, but the, the 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 three that they're using are very tame. Right, yeah. It's a fine pilsner is what the can says. Okay. Some at some point in life somebody's gonna have to explain to me what a pilsner is versus a lager. I th- I'm I'm a lager guy. I'm more on the lager side. We're gonna get a beer expert to come school us on since we <laughs> have beer talk. Uh and then we don't have any <laughs> beer experts. So we will get a beer experts. It is in the it is in the works. It is it's coming coming at you very soon. Uh, I'm doing, uh, yeah, I'm on a beta. I love, I love my beta. I went, I've been bouncing back and forth between home and work. And so I went home and then uh, I grabbed a sixer on my way out and said, oh, thank you, Abita. So once again, New Orleans, NOLA, NOLA, Abita people, got to get a field trip out there. Got to hit that brewery, get some, get some gumbo. Uh, Mm. I love, I love uh, French Quarter, the food, the, the brunch place out there. I'm going to not really skip ahead, but I'm I'm going to give a shout out to Red Ruby Cafe. God, I hope it's still around. I hope it didn't die from COVID. A lot of my favorite restaurants died during COVID. Red Ruby, a Red Ruby Slipper, Red Ruby Cafe is, it's in the French Quarter. It is my favorite brunch, brunch place in the whole world. It is amazing. It is the best eggs Benedict. It is the best crab eggs baked in it eggs benedict with crab um i love it yeah oh they also have one in pensacola it's a smaller one but amazing yeah i i had i had like an overnight layover in pensacola not that long ago and i just decided to tool around town and check it out and i was thrilled like oh my god there's one here yes delicious (laughs) i'll be traveling right through there uh here in july so yeah red ruby red ruby cafe i know for a fact there's one in pensacola because I stopped there when I went to the Astros training camp uh, a couple oh, months yeah. ago. Oh, delicious. Fantastic. Nice. What do you got for meal of the week? Tuna meal... w- with guac? Yeah. So I wanted to, because this has been a work week, so I'm just sort of like grabbing a sandwich there and a granola bar there and not uh, not anything uh, too fancy. But I will say I'm one of these people that I – I'm a huge fan of common sense and I'm a huge fan of, of just basic. I know right from wrong. And that mm. is why I am anti Mayo because Mayo oh, is gross. Mayo, mayo is super is gross. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Okay. So uh, like a barbecue potato salad, like a, like mm-hmm. a Saturday afternoon potato salad. I can handle that. And I'm trying to think if I, if there's anything else mayo wise that I would willingly ingest. I'll use it as a binder when I fry stuff occasionally. Yeah. I don't need a lot of fried food. But you can't really tell, you know, because once it's fried, you don't taste mayo. Uh, You're eating, you're, (laughs) you're eating fried mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's horrible. That's horrible. That's good for the heart, right? And the arteries. I, I absolutely. I went to, I worked a job out in middle of nowhere, Georgia years ago, 
and the locals wow those are thick accents the locals this is not atlanta this is middle of nowhere georgia they had fried ho-hos do you know about that mm, did yeah not. It's, it's a thing well they, they also had they had they're very proud of their gator tail they're like fried gator tail things like gator, that. Like, gators gators good but they also no. have weird stuff like boiled peanuts i don't understand the boiled peanuts like Hard i pass. like the no. I like the roasted at regular the ballpark. Yeah, you I don't crack need, them open. Yeah, ballpark warm ballpark peanuts. Yeah. That is a, a magical, magical thing. Yeah, and I uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I did I did go to a ball game last week, and there is something just holistically magical about ballpark peanuts. And I know you go to the park. I'm not happy about it either. Like, here's some peanuts. That'll be $45. Like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> really, really sticking it to you at these concession stands. Do they know what a... Oh, yeah. Do they... Well, I mean, do, they should know what, like, a hot dog really... The regular market value. They're, it's like um, like Disney World. You go to Disney World. They're like, you want a Coke? That's $45. <laughs> like, no, no. So, yeah, uh... We make tuna fish sandwiches. You don't have to use mayo. You can you can be a, a regular person that's not a disgusting hobo that lives under a bridge and just yay may mayo right. I, I can't wait. Oh man, I'm so excited about all the hate mail from the mayo the, the mayo cartel. Use guacamole uh, avocados instead of mayo for your tuna fish sandwiches, and it is delicious. Also, use wheat bread. Be an be an adult. If that all sounds terrible. Are you a white bread guy? Don't eat white bread. Don't be that guy. Oh, oh my God, no. That's what it's supposed to go on. Like... No. When you're eight, when, <laughs> when you don't know about wheat, oh, my God. Please tell me that you put, you put like, pepper jack cheese on your tuna fish sandwiches. Uh, sorry, I was in a coughing fit. It's okay. No, that's what you get. God is punishing um, you because you eat white bread. That's what's going on. No, I usually don't put cheese. Well... I'll, I'll use provolone occasionally. Okay, good choice, excellent choice for for uh, tuna fish sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, pepper jack, provolone, Swiss, pretty good. Uh, don't be scared; you can go all out and make a tuna melt. Those are amazing. And I like toasted bread almost always. I'm trying to think if there's ever a sandwich where I'm like, just give me the regular bread. Um, yeah, toasted's definitely better. I don't like Swiss cheese though. So you don't like Swiss cheese. Swiss you don't like Gruyere. Any you don't like the taste. You don't like the taste no, of Swiss cheese. Yeah, I don't like the taste. It's so, too pungent. It's, yeah, it's just not my. I don't know what it. I've never liked it. Uh, I like the look of it. I think it's cool looking. Yeah, but the, but I, the flavor is god awful. You don't feel like ripped off. Like, oh, you put little adorable holes in here so that you could <laughs> save money, and you're gonna charge me. You're gonna charge me the whole price of a slice of cheese, but it's like a bunch of holes. <laughs> Look, it's like modern art. Like, all right, I know what you're doing there. You're very smart there, the Swiss people. You're you're this, scam. This right. scammy Swiss. Sorry, yeah, Swiss. we know. <laughs> you know, you know. There's nothing else that you buy. Like someone's like, "Here's a steak. Oh, cool. It's got a bunch of holes in it. Like, there's no other food <laughs> that, does, that does that. You're, uh, you're I, missing a half your meat. I gotta go Gouda. There's a lot of Gouda. Uh, you want an after school snack? You want a Gouda with Granny Smith apples? Probably the best apples and spicy brown mustard. You can put crackers on there if you want. Real, real crackers, not hobo crackers. Those weird, those weird ones that come in the giant box, like it's the, World the War II. Oh yeah, no, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> you, you want like the, the, 
You want the buttery club cracker? No, I want I I, I want whole wheat like semi healthy. Like a I know it's right. No, not a Triscuit at all. Because see, that's how they get you. Yeah. So <laughs> if you look on the bot on the back of the Triscuit, I think like the first or second ingredient is sugar. There's a lot of things that are just like it's so healthy. It's a Triscuit, <laughs> and you start reading it, and you're like, oh my god, Triscuit, why are you lying to me? Stop it. Shame on you, Triscuit. No. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Good luck. If, you want, if you're looking for a chip or a cracker that is remotely healthy, good luck. They're all loaded with sugar. And I had fantastic chips forever from Central Market, the flaxseed chips. And I don't care if you, if you, you know, anyone's judging me. I'm like, oh, your fancy chips and your dumb healthy chips. I don't like the horrible generic Mexican restaurant ones. You know the ones that come in the 80-pound bag? Like a Mexican like a restaurant, Mexican? just like, like if any Mexican restaurant, they bring you the chips. It's just like the lowest. Oh, oh. I was still thinking of crackers. I was like, what kind of Mexican restaurant yeah, brings crackers? Ch- chip, chips or crackers. <laughs> yeah, so the Mexican restaurant chips, probably yes. nine times out of ten, they are the those are the chips of basically the equivalent of saltine crackers. Those yeah. those are mm-hmm. those are both in time goods where you're like, well. The world's radioactive now. I guess I'll eat these salt- saltines. <laughs> I'll have yes. these saltine crackers. So there's no plant life. So pass the saltines, I guess. Yeah, I, I like I like chips with uh, I like the flaxseed chips, and I can't find them anymore, and I'm very upset. I'm very, no one has suffered more than me. <laughs> oh man, sorry. No. I have uh, I've been sick all week, so yeah. my meal of the weeks have been soups. Uh, spicy Thai ginger stir fry dishes, like yeah. I- anything to try to kick this. Y'all know you're doing you're doing it absolutely right. Absolutely, so. pho, pho or pho is amazing. It's uh, it's delicious. It's good, you know. It's good in the winter. It's good in the summer. It's just delicious. And I will tell people again. I don't. I seriously doubt there's any heavy duty medical literature for this. Years ago, I got the flu really, really bad, and I couldn't shake it. Every now and then, you'll get the flu where it's just lingering for like two weeks, and you feel achy, and you just can't get out of it. So I tried everything on the usual, and the steaming and the hot showers and everything, but I took a lot of zinc and the usual. What really worked for me was I got a giant bowl of pho, and it was loaded with ginger, real, real deal ginger, the ginger root. Just put it in Mm -hmm. there. I don't, I don't really eat the ginger. And within about an hour or two, all of my myalgias, my diffuse pain, that kind of flu stuff was finally going away. It was magic. And so I've always loved pho, but that in particular sold me forever. So a lot of times I told you this last week, like, oh, if you're feeling sick, get yourself some spicy Thai food. I like mm-hmm. red, red chicken curry. It's delicious. But also a good bowl of pho with fresh real ginger in it. I'm telling you, there's something magical there. I, I've heard that it has all these anti-inflammatory properties, and it's good for joints and good for joint pain. And I believe all of that. I'm I'm a believer. Nice. Well, um, do you want to get product review or take a break and quick, then quick, come back? Quick break here. Um, okay. uh, winding down on this beer, so we'll take a quick break and then we will be right back. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, Doctor Blom. Um, hey, thanks for having before, me. Before we jump over here, 
before we started, you were asking what my go-to Thai meal would be. Yeah, I eat a lot of um, Thai food. I do too. So typically, I go with I think it's a orig- like they call it pad ki mao. It's a noodle dish. I think they just call it drunken noodles. For I've seen it on the menus both ways, but you know it's got your carrots, your tomatoes, your uh, those big wide flat noodles. Love those. Um, and then I'll either go chicken or shrimp. And then I, depending on where you go, like I go to a place that's near uh, all the other Asian uh, restaurants. And so when I go there and they tell you like how spicy one to five, I have to get like a three. Cause right. if you say five, it's like going to burn you. Yeah. Uh, but when I get Thai from out where I live, I have to get like a level five because I, nobody likes it spicy out here, I guess. That's the problem. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're getting into. They don't tell you like R5 is the real deal five. And then so, you know, how how nice. Like there's always that thing like is your spicy the same as mine? So there's plenty of places right. that I go. I know for a fact. I know what you're saying. There's places that you go. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go beyond three. <laughs> Just trust me. Yeah. Just three is good. And then there's places where you're like, uh, five, no big deal. So yeah, Yeah. I've had had actual real deal Thai food in Thailand. And that was absolutely the spiciest thing I've ever had. And it wasn't, it wasn't the the 10 or whatever. I think it was, I don't know. I I went up to like seven. I'm like, oh, I'm Texas guy. I can handle it. And within five minutes, I was miserable. The girl brought me milk and my (laughs) buddy was laughing his ass off. So yeah, I... Oh, absolutely. And it's got that that fantastic lag effect. You're just like, mmm, chump, 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 delicious. <laughs> and then and then it hits you and you're like, oh no. And then your stomach's like, uh, I can't eat any more of uh, this. I'm shutting down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, underwear. We're 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 in this together now. Uh, I uh, I was I was basil chicken dude forever, but um red chicken curry is my go to for, for many years. And then of course dumplings. So Red chicken curry. Yeah. I tend to go approximately medium spicy. So that's my okay. that's my go-to lately. I don't have a product review this week. I've been busy. Anything on your end? So you remember I covered the gunpowder seasoning. Uh, might have been last episode. Uh, and I said that it didn't – I don't think there was enough there, like flavor-wise. So I'm smoking a brisket today and – I'm using it on that, but I did add some additional, salt. you know, salt, pepper, right. garlic. No, you said you said it stuff. didn't have enough salt, so you went you went yeah. you went salty, right? Oh yeah. My God. Please, so, what are you are you eating anything mayo based today? You disgusting, uh, disgusting. I'm gonna fry <laughs> some, just some dollops of mayonnaise. Ah, <laughs> so, oh, dude, no, it's horrible. I was trying. No, I was racking my brain, seeing if they were thinking if was there anything mayo on my end, and. I just landed on potato salad for barbecues, and that's I cannot think of anything remotely mayo that I'm like, oh, that's delicious. <laughs> no, even <laughs> just the word mayo is, just makes my skin my skin crawl. No, so no, Ugh. no, no products on my end. But I think it might be. Do the, do the noise. Do the thing. Dun 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 dun. Oh dun. yes, here we go. It is it is this week in history time. Boom. Um, I'm going to start us off with, I guess this is a little over a week, but this oh. is where we left off. Well, I got, I got a history thing. I'm sorry. This was, this was a follow-up, but it's also a history thing. So we can mix in 
sporty sports ball thing whenever i'm sorry it was it okay it was like follow-up with an asterisk and we can pretty much put it anyway because it's historical and it's sports ball and so just follow follow your heart jump okay. in there may 20th 1873 san francisco businessman levi strauss and reno nevada taylor jacob davis are given a patent to create work pants reinforced with metal rivets which marked the birth of the famous blue jeans. So shout out to Levi Strauss. There we go. It's a very, to me, I feel like that's a fantastic Jewish name. I'm going to assume that he's, that, you know, he's a mensch. Yes, he is a immigrant from Germany. He's a Germany Jewish man. Uh, I guess go. he started, he made, um, he made a bulk of his money doing wholesale dry goods um, and then I guess when the, the tailor met up with them and said, Hey, I got pants to, to put on the people who are working, uh, hard and don't want to rub holes in their pants. We're going to put some rivets in them to, to stop any of the seams from tearing. And now we have work pants. I've got a dream. I've got some rivets. I don't know what to do with those and some denim, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do we do? Denim. We're gonna we're gonna staple these things together and we're gonna slap them on people. I tried to I tried to buy some nails. This son of a bitch delivered a bunch of rivets, and now now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> In my head, it was something like it was something like you know. It he was probably was trying to he was probably just trying to bedazzle his pants <laughs> and and was trying to make them fashionable, and it just turned into oh these bedazzled pants hold together well. I like to think about Levi Strauss in Jewish heaven and he's looking down. And then every time somebody does something dumb, like skinny jeans, he's just like furious, just like, nah, and then somebody, <laughs> somebody does like the cowboy, you know, the cowboys, they do the, look at my sparkly ass. They do, they do that thing. Just the or whole. What about those, what are the, what those jeans or they're not jeans. They're like leggings that look like jeans. Like so a key, like a, a keto pants. I mean, I don't wear them, but I've heard uh, of these. The, are they like MC Hammer pants? No, but, no, no, but with, de like but with denim. Pants. They're they're like they're like like leggings, like spandex, but okay. they look like denim. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Well, let me let me say this. I feel like many many years you couldn't find a good pair of jeans. They were always too tight in the in the man area and the pockets were like too shallow and just, uh, it was very Always hard. too tight in the man area. Always, yeah. That's I mean, that's common I problem. Mean, I'm like, hey man, I'm <laughs> a, I'm true blooded American. Uh, so, um, a few years ago, not that long ago, I found the pants. And so yes, it's a stretchy denim material, but it's not what you're talking about. So this is not like, I'm not going to, you know, wear these things around San Fran and with my man purse or whatever, but I'm saying, these are the best pants in the world, the best jeans that I've ever purchased, uh, ever owned. And I feel like my whole life is a lie leading up to the purchase of those jeans that I, I every time I put them on, I'm like, oh my God, where have you been on my life? I can do squats. <laughs> I can do squats in those and jumping jacks, pirouettes, you know, all, all kinds of great stuff that, you know, normal, normal dudes are always like, I wish I could do more pirouettes. And I, mm. I, I love my, one of my only regrets in life is, why didn't I buy more, more, get more pairs of those? So I love them. They, it's the stretch material. It's not the spandex that you're, I know what you're talking about. It's not that, but they are insanely, 
insanely comfortable. And then also before Levi Strauss and jeans and everything, was everybody running around in a toga or just like a <laughs> khakis? What was good? They, they, they had denim pants without rivets, obviously. They oh, were just ripping the seams they were just, left and right. You see, it would just, you would be hanging out. Whoa, this is this is getting ahead of us. You would try, you're trying to write the Constitution, and then your your jeans rip. It was constantly a thing. Like, whoops, my jeans ripped on your first date. Yeah. Like that's your move on a first. On first but date. with a British accent, because we hadn't gotten over the British accents. Were all of the jeans before Levi Strauss just falling apart all the time? But people kept buying them. Yeah, like, they had no way to hold them together. I love I love denim. Uh, but you know, they don't have rivets. So I'm just going to put these on and hope that my day goes well. (laughs) (laughs) What was going on before they, they had the genius, like, Oh, put the rivets on there. (laughs) Oh man. Um, let's get to, this is a big one for you. I think you're probably going to ride with it, but May 25th, 1977, what happened? On May twenty fifth. Oh, you want to get in? You're gonna get, in, get into that. Uh, this is big day. This is for, huge. This is basically the creation of the Bible and all of the religious texts. I don't know if you say the word of some of them, people get mad. This is like Buddha and Christ and the Constitution of the United States, and that, that, that's foreshadowing. And then uh, all of, for all the nerds, so. May 25, 1977, Star Wars. We wanted to do the music or like a lightsaber noise or something like that, right? Sean Esquire is making the symbol at me like uh, goddamn Spock from Star Trek. And I don't know. I feel like our friendship has immediately been destroyed. I'm going to go solo. I'm going to pull a sting and go solo on You're the gonna podcast. You're going to go on solo? I'm going to go solo. So I... I feel like I want to go to every Star Star Wars uh, Comic Con and do the Vulcan symbol from <laughs> stupid Star Trek. Yeah, if you don't know this, there's a huge war between the Star Wars awesome nerds and then the Star Trek just regular plain Jane nerds or whatever. So May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven was that's when they rolled out Star Wars. It has a very a very arduous tale it's like a greek tragedy and a shakespearean tragedy romance like all the great adjectives that i can't think of right now so george lucas he grew up he was a super fan of flash jordan flash gordon Mm. there might be a flash jordan out there flash gordon and uh, all that that old school comic book series and also all the cowboy stuff he grew up in that era so he wanted to do that, like space-wise. We have a few factoids for all of my Star Wars Super Nerds fans. And also, is this the time that I mentioned that I have in my office? I have all of the glass cases with the Star Wars collectibles. They're not toys, everybody. I'm an adult man. The they, action figures? They, they, they are collectibles. They're not toys. And they're still in the packages. Don't touch them, okay? You maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe look... Don't touch. Yeah, I have them in. I have them in, encased in glass because they're beautiful and they're works of art. And you name it, I got the. I've got old school Luke and Han, and the whole the whole gang. I've got some helmets. I've got a Mandalorian Mandalorian helmets, and 
I don't want to. I don't want to. The old R two two D. Brag about all of the things that I have that uh, just basically turn women away immediately. <laughs> so I don't want to <laughs> brag about all the cool, super cool stuff that I have as a grown man. Uh, so many things. So in the in the original draft, Han Solo was going to be a lizard. What else? They 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 weren't really thinking about. Harrison Ford for Han Solo, um, Kurt Russell, he was towards the top of the list. Nick Nolte was on the list. And also, oh. yeah, no, this, I mean, I actually would kind of want this. Like, I feel like I want to make a billion dollars just so I could make this happen. Christopher Walken was on the mix for Han Solo. Do you know what kind of amazing movie it would be with Christopher Walken? Come <laughs> I on. I want to see Christopher Walken as Darth Vader. I want to see Christopher Walken <laughs> as like a one-man a one man play where he does all of the Star Wars. <laughs> he Guys, does I'm telling you. you got to shoot the lightsabers. And your father. So... <laughs> The uh, the the contenders for Leia were also big deals. Um, there was Karen Allen, who was in Indiana Jones. Uh, that's was probably like my '80s crush. Also, Jodie Foster was on the list. She's weird. Hmm. I feel like you know she did that Contact movie. I'm trying to think. Oh if it, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything that I was just like, ah, oh, awesome. If she did Taxi Cab or Taxi, she was like 14. Um. So yeah, she's no. Uh, she's no uh, Carrie Fisher, that's for sure. Uh, Miss Carrie Fisher, and you know what? I take it back. Carrie Fisher, '80s crush. So, <laughs> one of the great things, the Darth Darth Vader. This guy was named is a British dude, David Proust, a big tall dude, and they they said, "Oh, hey, you're Darth Vader." He he got the part, so he goes in and he does all the scenes and everything. The story I heard, which may not be true. Is that when he, he you know told his family and friends, "Hey, I'm in I'm in this kick-ass movie. It's going to be amazing." When when everybody goes to see the movie, his voice is not it. It's James, it's James Earl Jones. They completely cut out his voice because he's a British dude and he had that particular British accent that, that we make fun of. I mean, there's like what is it? The Cockney? I don't think he had a Cockney, Cockney. accent. He had. They called him Darth Farmer because he had a farmer, a British farmer accent. A lot of a lot of Star Wars, original Star Wars, nineteen seventy Star Wars, the real Star Wars, was filmed in England. So they had all the all the British people. Chewie was this uh, enormous man, Peter Mayhew, seven foot three. Chewie was Wait, ba- it's filmed in England. I thought it was in Tatooine. Correct. Yes, they did. They got in a space shuttle and they went out there. Yeah, they all slept in cryogenic chambers so they could travel through space for okay. four four thousand years. Uh, Chewie was based on George Lucas's dog, and George Lucas's dog was Indiana. So when you see Han and Chewie, Chewie is basically like an alien giant version of what what should be a dog. Like man's best friend is a dog. So also, the original bu- budget was eight million, and in order to make it, Lucas had to start his own production company. That was a big thing. One of the if so, the final scene of star Wars when all of the, the people are standing around and Carrie Fisher's handing out the, the medallions. Whoa. Hey, we, we blew up the, the death star. You know, you know how it is whenever you blow up the death star, you get a medal. Yeah. And the actual scene, those are mostly British people. Those dudes were laughing their ass off because they didn't believe in the movie. They just, they all thought it was crazy dumb. Uh, also the original name of star Wars I'm super crazy Star Wars fan, and I just learned this. 
The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. That was Luke's original name. The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. Wait, we're not done with the name. As taken from the Journal of the Wills, comma, Saga 1. Wait, we're not done with the name. Colon, the Star Wars. <laughs> so that was the original, <laughs> original name. And then, you know, another thing I'll just throw in uh, Brian De Palma. That you're you're a super fan because of um, Apocalypse Now, I think. No, wait, I don't think Brian Palma. No, Brian Palma was involved with Carrie, and so he actually helped with Lucas on the the infamous The Crawl. So The Crawl is the opening scene, the opening credits of Star Wars when the uh, when the um, all the words come out you know it's like oh mm-hmm. so anyway brian de palma was involved in that and brian de palma was also director for scarface so never, never saw it uh, shame on you to turn in your american card and go back to communist russia scarface that's that's the one with pacino right it is the one with Pacino, and he plays a Colombian drug lord. Drug lord. Well, it's you know, yeah. it's a it's it's a coming of age tale of sorts. So, uh, I'll do my own Star Wars podcast, and eventually, I'm, I'll know all the Star Wars are like everyone knows that none of those facts are none of that's new. So, um, yeah, I have way too many Star Wars facts. High five, all Star Wars nerds unite! May the force it be got, with me. May the force be seven. with you seven oscars and earned 461 million dollars in the u.s ticket sales oh yeah so alan alan guinness uh alec alec guinness he was really the only he brought the most gravitas to the to star wars the project so he's the real real deal established like shakespearean actor that rolls in and he wasn't really he wasn't into it so they told him well we'll give you something something dumb it was like two percent of whatever this movie so many people were like oh this thing's gonna fail and it's dumb and it's some dumb space thing they thought the the fox movie studio thought it was gonna lose out to Smokey and the bandit that summer Smokey, <laughs> they were like no one's gonna beat Smokey and the bandit especially no, <laughs> no space war no one beats burt reynolds in a trans am i don't know if it was a trans so anyway so I- Alec Guinness had negotiated, oh, I'll just give me like 2% of whatever the hell the movie does. <laughs> Flash forward, Alan Gillett, Alec Guinness made like close to a hundred million dollars because of his 2% that he had just like negotiated on a whim while he was doing, he was a consummate professional. So he's like, Hey, I got an acting thing. The show must go on. He, he really did it. But I don't think anyone had any idea that it was going to blow up the way it did. Wow. So shout out to star Wars. Big love day. you for, love you forever star wars not the last not the last trilogy no i don't want to talk about that let's move on let's move on i'm gonna, I'm gonna get in a bad mood all right so what do you want to hit next here there's two on let's do the constitution you want to get into that oh. so may 25th we're 1787 still, we're still on may 25 may 25 1787 and this is this is part of the birth of our country. So a lot was a lot was going on. This is a whopping four years after uh, after the war after independence. And they had actually so this is the Constitutional um, Congress, the Constitutional Convention, sorry, they had named it the Federal Convention and the Philly, the Philly Convention, a lot of the names that went through this particular process were just based on 
cities. It was like the New Jersey plan and the Connecticut compromise. And they were very, <laughs> they were very creative <laughs> back then. Right. So they had the articles of confederation they had written actually towards the end of the war, during the war. And they had a kind of idea James Madison being James Madison, he rolls out to this constitutional convention about a week early, right? He wants to work the city like a Kennedy at a, at a party, right? He's just, he wants to, to buddy up to Washington. So Washington, George Washington is their rock star of rock stars. So James Madison knows whatever he wants to do in terms of all of the the details, same semantics of the constitution that if he gets George Washington on board, it's, it's a done deal. I had no idea it was as heavily debated as it was between all of the intricacies. I thought it was just like, Hey, bill of rights. Hey, we don't want the King pushing us around. So there was three kind of big camps. There was the federalist, which were basically like you think about the federal government. So they're very, pro federal pro big government big government right and then you had this the smaller states folks uh the the federal the federalists were kind of like the liberals and then the the smaller state folks they uh you know they wanted to keep as much independence as possible all that other stuff so washington is the leader and then it comes boils down to the virginia plan which is the large states and then the new jersey plan for the small states then they land on the Connecticut compromise, which basically they're trying to really in the early days and even now, right? This, this is insane to me that it's still going on, that we're still trying to draw lines about how much power should we give the federal government? How much power should we give the States? And the other thing from the, from the get go that they, because of States rights and federal rights, it kind of boils down to the population. Obviously they, they went, they went round and round on that. And at some point they had to factor in slaves. They tried to avoid it like the plague. They were like, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this whole, this whole slave thing. And then, and then they, they landed on the, on the three fifths. They're like, oh, slave person. Because they said, oh, well, the slave states, if we count the slaves, then they're going to have the most representatives for, you know, the uh, electoral college or just in terms of representation itself. So that's why they, that's why they landed on what they landed on. There was a bunch of debate about like how, what kind of terms the president should have. And, um, you know, there was also debate about whether there should be a president at all. So there was, there was talk about a triumphant. They would just have three. Well, back then it was dudes. They have three people, and then they talked about kind of like a committee of sorts. And I think Washington was the one that said, how about one dude? Just one dude. <laughs> Washington was the one. That, and then I think he was pushing for seven years. So it kind of landed between they were going to have a council. They were going to have the triumphant. I wonder, I kind of feel like the triumphant would have been, I don't know, fun at least. Not to just have one dude just arguing like, hey, let's, uh, let's nuke Japan. <laughs> let's nuke Japan. So it took a long time. The constitutional convention lasted all the way to September the 17. And uh, another thing I learned in the course of all this, there was a dude named Robert Morris, by the way. So he is American, but he was born in England. So uh, I guess 
that so he helped you sound coach. like you're from london right he probably had that that weird cockney accent or whatever you can't understand bottle hey get a bottle um <laughs> right so him and madsen uh they were bffs in terms of writing the constitution robert morris born in england he's the one that came up with the united states right so in terms of the constitution it was originally we the people and then they would list all the states and hmm. robert morris he rolled out and said hey we the people so it's news news to me way to go way to go robert morris they go all the way to september 17 and then in the course of all this people are leaving people get, people get fed up and they say oh, we're out of here oh also rhode island never showed up <laughs> we're just like hard pass on the constitution Rhode Island. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good over here. Yeah, I think that Rhode Island really, they just said, hey, we want to just be Rhode Island, leave us alone. Rhode Island has some weird long name for their state, by the way. So it, it went all the way to September 17. And then uh, by that time, then they had to wait for ratification. So it oh. just, just kept, kept going and going and going. The ratification wasn't done until June 21st, 1788. And they needed, uh, they needed 11 states, I think it was 11 states. It might have been nine states. They needed so many states in order to get it ratified, and they, and they, finally, uh, they finally got it done March 4, 1789. And that would have been, what, nine of the 13? I Cor guess it showed up. Yeah, I'm gonna just assume that um, that uh, Rhode Island kept doing their thing. Like, ah, we don't we don't want to go. Oh, and here we are. Yes. So way to go, way to go, Hamilton. Way to go, Madison. Pretty sure uh, Benjamin Franklin was there. Is just boozing a lot. Yeah, Morris. Yeah, all of them. Good job. Thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, it took many. I didn't know it was that many months of arguing and arguing and bickering and everything so oh by the way also i like the fact that they they just decided to do it in the summer back then in dc or i say i say dc i'm sorry it was in philly philly in the summer this is before air conditions and deodorant and things like that so philly philly in it the was summer before climate change so it yeah. was cooler oh is that what it is no supposedly yeah. there was a bunch of like their personal journals and their personal diaries they complained about all the flies and all the heat and things so it was it was uh, oh. it was it was a bit of a bit of a nightmare for them. And they had those, you know, those heavy wigs on keeping all the heat on your head. Right. They had been terrible. Yeah. The dudes had makeup and they didn't even have rivets on their pants. Everyone's pants were flying off. And... Just <laughs> denim flying into the night. Yes. Um, okay. May 23rd, 1934. Um, I just have Bonnie and Clyde. They oh. were two people. Yes. Um, Star-crossed star -crossed lovers. Uh, maybe maybe they were they, they were platonic. They were like, hey, let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. This was after Levi Strauss, so we know that their pants were on well, and riveted. I mean, they had rivets, so they, it wasn't flying off. May 23, 1934, the death of Bonnie and Clyde. A lot of people consider them the first reality stars of the U.S. I don't know. Maybe I bet you the Bonnie Clyde families got together and, and made that up. I feel like there was other yeah. realities, right? I feel like Lincoln it's, and his it's, wife. It's it's no love is blind. That's for sure. Yes, I, there was there was no notebook there. Whatever. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. That's what he said. So uh, then, 
basically the the this couple they are quite <laughs> they are quite the pair texas couple by the way yes so bonnie she was a uh, she got married when she was about oh she was 15 so she married uh she married this guy uh roy she never divorced him and she actually died with his uh with his wedding ring she was a real just a, a, a attention whore. She would probably be an mm. influencer now. She referred she referred to people as my public. She did a, she tried to do a lot of acting back in the day, and um, Clyde he came from a huge family. By the way, both of them dirt poor. They came from just absolute poverty, abject poverty. They were she was nineteen and he was twenty when they met, and then. Uh, he, him and his brothers, they were, I think they were either, they were all crooks or, you know, definitely him. He ends up in this place called Ellis County. Oh uh, yeah. It's just South of Dallas. Okay. Yeah. He went to this, uh, he went to this prison, Easton, Easton jail, which was notorious for being horrible. Likely, uh, likely got raped there. definitely got beat up there. The stories from Easton were that the, guards would just shoot people in the back or just shoot prisoners and they would say oh he was trying to run away so i cannot remember the phrase they said that he went in uh he went in a chicken and he came out a broken man or something uh, something horrible like that she actually broke him out of there at least once and then uh, i think he had to go back in so then he <laughs> he has to go back in he's like there's no way in hell i'm staying in this place he tells one of the dudes Hey, uh, get the axe and just cut off some of my toes. Just cut off part of my foot, and they'll and they'll get me out of here. That'll that'll get me out of here. That's how miserable he was. So, uh, they the guy cuts off his foot. Meanwhile, he didn't know this. His mom was doing all of his appeal stuff, getting him out. So he thought he was going to get part of his foot cut off and then go to a, a less rapey, <laughs> less rape, rapey place prison, right? And then uh, they six days later, after the part of his foot was cut off. He gets out. They just parole him. So he gets a limp. Bonnie is involved in a car accident with him. They're doing one of their getaways. And the car mm-hmm. the car catches fire. Uh, by the way, Clyde, he's he's okay in the, in the accident. But she ends up uh, getting fire and battery acid on her leg. Chews up her leg down to the bone. So both of them walked with a so limp. So both are legless. Both of them were uh, were uh, limp. Limpish? They were, they were walking Limps? with the... Like that that cool uh, pimp walk, maybe they, mm-hmm. did, they did that. So they, they're famous for robbing banks. They really were not good bank robbers. Their biggest take was a uh, fifteen hundred dollars. I'm going to guess that's nineteen thirties money. The other thing that was going on is uh, the there was a financial collapse of the United States going on. The Great Depression was going on. They only hit fourteen banks in their bank robbing career. One of the banks. Because the Great Depression, they went in there like, "Give me all your money," and the bank said, "We don't have any money." We don't have it. <laughs> they literally, they literally tried to rob a bank, and the bank didn't have any money. That's how bad the Great Depression was. So they did rob a lot of gas stations and just like common folks. So people consider them, uh, you know, like uh, heroes of the people or what? They were they were scumbags. Number one, never mind the fact that the the total death count, I think, is. Um, I think something uh, 10 Clyde killed 10 people throughout the course of his life total of he killed 10 and there was a total of 13 murders because they had the the Barlow gang. So it was 
Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow, B-A-R-R-O-W. Hmm. So, and they had a gang. Eventually, you know, there's a shootout and uh, he kills. It was just a gang of two though, right? It was uh, two couples. Yeah, I think the other one was his brother. And so. Okay. Um, and And one of them, one of the couples just has a very bad limp. Correct. Okay. They they had they they went all over. They was between Arkansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and then one of the shootouts they ended up killing a local mayor, and that's really when the they killed a mayor and they killed at least one cop. And so that's when the public really started. Was this by accident or was the mayor no, no. involved in the shootout? So was, too? Yeah, back in those days, you would just roll out the he posse. Just, ping ping. Uh, he was just there, like, um, oh, if I don't go to the shootout, then I'm not going to get reelected. I'm, gu- I'm guessing. Uh, I don't. I don't know. So he probably didn't get reelected, anyways. <laughs> posthumously, because it, because he got shot. Well, sometimes you know, posthumously, I think Shiner had a goat for a mayor once upon a time. Uh, May twenty third, nineteen thirty four. They end up in Bienville, Louisiana. B i e n ville, and. Mm-hmm. So this is when the, the feds crack down. The feds say we've we've had enough of this uh, this murderous scum, and resulted in 130 rounds, and both of them got about 50 rounds apiece of of bullets, just a hail a hail of bullets through their through their car. You know they they avoided the police so much because they had a back in those days it was a it was a fast car and they had heavy heavy gunpowder gunpowder. And apparently Bonnie was a musician from early on. So he died next to a saxophone and uh, sorry, Clyde, Clyde died next to a saxophone and Bonnie died with a wedding ring from, from her original marriage to Roy Thornton. The bodies were taken to Dallas mortuaries, two different mortuaries. Clyde had about 10,000 people come by and, look at his body because that's what you did back then they didn't have cable or netflix or anything they're like let's go look at these bodies and then uh <laughs> bonnie had something like twenty thousand people there was a there was melee right so they they have these bodies riddled with bullets people were like they rushed the car right and they like cutting locks of hair and pulling off things of clothing just so they can go back to their their homes and go i got a piece of i got a piece of scalp <laughs> <laughs> right so the 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 death car is still around to this day you know riddled with bullets it, it goes on tour i don't i'm gonna assume so it's people the... people wanted to see him because they liked him not just like we want to see these two dead crooks yeah that they were they were just like um they're famous they're in the newspaper all this uh all this crap so bonnie was kind of the uh maker of her own hype because she she took those pictures that that they're famous for the posing and she had a cigar and guns and all that crap that was all her she didn't really smoke cigars and then um those were her photos they found i think the cops or someone found it at one of their hideouts and then those photos ended up in the press and then that's how uh that's how they became famous from those from those photos all right well dr blom i think that covers it for uh this week in history do you want to take a quick break and we can hit this major current event i do yes all right we'll be right back 
Welcome back, everyone. Instead of going to current events, we're actually going to go to sports ball talk with Dr. Blom. I don't have a good sports ball sound effect. So, yeah. What? There, the oh, there it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Slam dunk. <laughs> we had talked about last time that you had, <laughs> you, because you are an insane person, you watched all of the hockey game. Oh, yeah. Long game. <laughs> Four overtimes. <laughs> Six hours. It was for th- for three points, right? Was it mm-hmm. was it six hours yeah. till two two a two a.m. Yeah. Um, okay, so of course we, we we like numbers. Baseball longest game ever, May first, nineteen twenty. Have you heard <clears throat> ever heard of the Brooklyn Robins? No, I have not. Yeah, that's the precursor to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Good call changing the name. Robbins doesn't sound so cool. Uh, anyway, Brooklyn Robbins versus Boston Braves. How many innings? Ish. Ooh, 23. Mm. Man, you're good. Uh, 26. Close Dang. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 26 innings. This is a four hour game. This is 1920. So, you know what happens is the game keeps going and going and going a whopping four hours. And then it's the twenties, so they're like, "Hey, everybody, it's come on, it's bedtime. Let's wrap. Let's <laughs> let's. If we don't go to bed now, you know, it's the twenties. The ghosts come out, and then the goblins come out, and uh, we can't can't be running around playing baseball. So that yeah, they just called it. <laughs> but what's the final <laughs> final score of this twenty six inning game? Um, I'm gonna guess fifteen to seventeen. Very close. Hubris, one to one, one wow. to one after twenty six innings. Oh, by the way, also one of my favorite facts out of all of this: same pitcher, same same pitcher the whole time. Both teams, same dude. Yeah. Oh my god, that was my favorite. This must have been some like aces to only give up one earned run for twenty something innings. I think this is back in the days where ninety percent of Coca Cola was actual cocaine, and just people mm-hmm. were getting sh- people were getting shit done. It was the Roaring Twenties. They're like, ah, Model T, ah. <laughs> crash stuff. That's what happened. In the stock market. <laughs> they had the nineteen twenties cocaine and the Coca Cola, and that's what happened. So then, <laughs> it's a little bit the same. The longest game time for baseball game time that was the innings, nineteen eighty four. Chicago White Sox versus Milwaukee Brewers. Love, I love. Uh, I totally the, forgot the about Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about the Brewers since probably since the eighties. How many innings on this one? This is time wise, so not as many. Oh, well, uh, probably like, probably like seventeen. Eighteen. We're gonna go to Vegas. Okay. Yeah, eighteen, and then um, they because this was the eighties. And they like we're not scared of ghosts and ghouls anymore. We'll just, just so they said we'll we'll come back tomorrow. So they split it up. Uh, first day was eighteen, and then they went all the way <laughs> to one a.m. Wow. I don't know what time they yeah. I don't know if they got like Probably come back like at seven four, o'clock start. Come back at four a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 25, uh, 25 innings total. For a Probably total of, not the same pitchers. <laughs> That's only a nineteen twenties thing. Uh, 25 innings, 8 hours, 6 minutes. Hockey, 1936. Detroit Red Wings versus the Maroons. Do you know the Maroons? Uh, Maroon 5. That's um, probably who it was. Yeah. They traveled in time. 
Montreal Maroons. The Montreal – they're now the Montreal Canadiens, so I wonder when they change names. Really? That's a, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not a great name, but also Houston has the Texans, so there's that. <laughs> the, 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 the Dallas Americans. <laughs> That'll probably work. Maroons versus Detroit Red Wings. Right wing – this is also one of my favorite facts. Mud Brunatio. Brunato. Oh. This dude. Mud Brunato. I don't know if that's like a hockey game, hockey name, or a, a porn guy name. Or like and, a, and you know, you never know like with hockey. Colonel. Their names, like they could have a bunch of like silent letters. It could just be like Mud Bruno, and they just skip the T and the E. Like there's, but yeah, he's like out of the mud, man. He's like a crazy mud man guy that he's like, oh, I'm gonna put on these ice skates. Like we had so a guy got... named we had a guy named Guy Carbono played on the Dallas Stars, but his name was spelled G U Y, so it looked like Guy Carbono. Uh, but with the French spelling, French pronunciation. All right, so he scored in the six overtime final score of this amazing game. Sean Esquire, one zero. You got it. <laughs> we are going to Vegas tonight. Yeah. One hundred and seventy-six minute game for hockey. Basketball, 1951, Indianapolis. I hate that city just because I can't say it. The Olympians. Never heard Mm. of that before, right? You remember the Olympians. Versus Rochester Royals. Again, this is a strange thing that keeps happening. Six overtimes. And final score for this basketball game, Sean Esquire. You said sixth overtime? Six overtimes. This is a 1951 team. So probably a bunch of... (laughs) horrible white dudes it's like Ugh. i can't do a layup yeah i'm thinking okay they basically average, played they basically played horse 20 20 <laughs> points per quarter i'm guessing it was probably like 170 to 150 something 75 to 73 holy crap that's all they scored and 78 minutes jesus these yeah. guys were terrible at shooting it's 1951, man. Like I said, is maybe maybe they played horse the whole time. Now this one's great. I, I hadn't planned on this originally, but uh, I'm very susceptible to rabbit holes. Boxing, longest boxing. And by the way, I want to tell you, I didn't know this at the time. There's two basic like dichotomies in the boxing world, especially for time limit. There's the glove dudes. And then there's the bare knuckle dudes. Bare Do the knuckled. Glove. Yeah, go go gloved first. Um, longest, how many rounds ish? Okay, so I guess this was pre like they just have twelve rounds now, right? Correct. So this was they didn't have rounds; they just let you go at it till one guy you, falls over. Do you want to know what year it was? Is that going to help you? I don't think it matters, but I'm For- just saying. Now we have rounds, like they go 12 rounds, and if nobody's Correct. knocked out, they just judge it and say, this person won. They had rounds back then. They just kept going. This is oh. 1893, by the way, for the for the gloved boxing. Where where was it at? Was this in the United States? <laughs> this is Andy Brown from New Orleans. It's fighting Jack Burke out of Texas, and they're fighting in New Orleans, and it's 1893. Oh, this is probably like a 24-rounder. Keep going. 36. Nope. 
152. 110 rounds. Holy cow. <laughs> Were these three-minute rounds? I, no, man. It was a seven-hour drag-out fight. Just beating the hell out of each other for seven, seven hours. hours. Seven hours and 19 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. Really, yeah, it's the longest, longest one. Also, at the end of it, they called it a draw. It's just like that's the. It probably got dark. I mean, if they were scared of the dark in the 1920s, they were losing their minds in the 1890s. They're like, "Yeah, sun's going down. Here comes the devil. Right, not fighting. Scary. (laughs) So scared of the dark. Everyone was scared of the dark back in the day. Uh, Bare knuckle, longest bare knuckle fight ever, 1889. Well, if the other one went over a hundred, I'm thinking bare knuckled probably. This is the like... first instance ever where they they had a fight club and then they talked about. Eventually, somebody's like, "Hey, man, it's the longest fight. I got to talk about it." This is probably the the first fight club that was ever talked about. You're not supposed to talk about fight club. Fifty rounds. I have, I have the minutes. It's. 75 blood-soaked minutes of bare-knuckle fighting between John Sullivan and Jack Kilrain. How many minutes was it? <laughs> 75 minutes bare-knuckle fight. Oh, by the so, way, where where was the fight? The only thing I found online was obscure, loca- obscure club, location. You don't talk about it. <laughs> South Mississippi. Obscure location. Obscure, South Mississippi. That's ex- okay. that's exactly where I would expect. 75 minute blood soaked bare knuckle fight. <laughs> Those are all the longest. We didn't do football because football games last three hours or whatever on, on television. They only have about 10 minutes of actual playtime. So, yeah, I can many do reasons. Some, I can and do I watch some follow up. There was like a, a, so college is different than professional. Professional football, they have, and I'm talking about American football to our European listeners. You've got your four quarters. Then when it goes into overtime, they flip a coin. If you pick heads and the coin lands on heads, you have the option of getting the ball first. If you score a touchdown, then the other team gets an opportunity. No, no, I take that back. If you score a touchdown, game over. If you don't and you kick a field goal and you only get three points, the other team gets an opportunity to score a touchdown or tie it, the, but eventually they, they just stop. The clock is just ticking and ticking, and they do have the clock for the huddle. And, yeah. uh, and then uh, in college, they each get an opportunity. They start at the 25-yard line. If you score a touchdown, the other team gets it at their 25. They get an opportunity to score. Texas A&M played LSU. This was probably four or five years ago, and they went like six or seven rounds of overtime where each of them just score back and forth, back and forth. I told you uh, it's six. It was, it was six overtimes for hockey and it was six overtimes for so probably six sign of the beast. There it is. There we go. Um, okay. So okay. you have to do soccer next time. All right. That was, I asked yep. you to do one thing. You had a Didn't... whole week. You had a, <laughs> <laughs> I will get European football. You had a holiday weekend. You had a real. (laughs) Yes. I've been in recovery mode. No, I get it. I get it. Flare up. I got it. Yes. 
Um, You're going to take us into current events because I am. Uh, uh, I am. I. I don't know what's going on in the world. Okay. If world, well, world War Three broke out, I wouldn't know it unless it bled into my ER right now. Yeah. Well, there's still a war going on in the Ukraine. Um, okay. That's st- that's still going on. Um, but big news in the state of Texas, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton was just impeached by the Texas House of Representatives. Uh, There were 20 charges in this impeachment. And Ken Paxton has been dealing with some legal issues. Holy crap. Did he shoot a cop? 20. Not that we know of yet. Um, I don't think think Trump had 20 in one one go. Like maybe 20 over a couple years. Right, right. Yeah, Paxton has been – he's under indictment currently out of Collin County for some fraud charges – um this guy is just up to the more i learn about him the more i don't like him he's he is uh the fraud stuff hasn't been resolved i know that it was tied up dealing with like how to pay the lawyers and they weren't going to give the funding over to do it he was basically trying to get protected during the whole deal but uh recently so the there's some breakdown within the texas republicans right the house speaker dave phelan there was a video going around supposedly him drunk on the house floor Uh, not sure if he was actually drunk or if it was a medical deal but after it was it was a stroke or he was drunk right that's that's it i'm I'm Um, calling it by the way so after that happened he should say it was a stroke yeah paxton called for him to resign this is the house speaker um, called for him to resign. Then the backers of Phelan were like, whoa, Paxton, you're calling for this guy to resign. And you've got this like plethora of criminal activity and, and wrongdoing. He is always up to something, that guy. Um, so this is the, this is Texas's highest law enforcement official. The Texas attorney general, um, they, uh, they have a, a, a house of, attorneys um the ones that work high up the deputies to him are some of the you know brighter legal minds of the state of texas for prosecution um there was a guy that he worked with uh, paxton got working with some austin real estate investor nate paul uh, they became friends nasty paul, nate paul apparently donated several thousand dollars to ken paxton uh, I guess Nate got into some legal troubles. Paxton hired an outside attorney. Now, this is the Texas attorney general with a house full of brilliant legal minds, hires an outside attorney to represent Mr. Paul so that he could get a copy of the indictment and what Mr. Paul was being charged with and all this kind of information and skirt around the OAG's office to kind of keep it out. But, this guy's like super rock star attorney. Uh, he'd been an attorney for five years. Oh, he doesn't call in a ringer, and he's never prosecuted a case. Okay, so not a ringer, not a ringer at all. You hire outside counsel to find information on Mr. Paul to kind of protect Paul, and of course, who paid for this other attorney? The taxpayers. So then the question is, why is the attorney general's office hiring outside counsel for this, this guy? Um, so there's some 
issues obviously with tax dollars paying for counsel to for somebody that has nothing to do with the attorney general's office they actually i think he claimed that he was deputized and he was a special prosecutor uh which none of this was true um some of the the higher ups in the ag's office kind of caught wind of they didn't they like they were all kind of kept separate but some of them knew information like oh why are we writing a $25,000 check to this outside counsel then some of the other ones were like oh this guy's working on this stuff but they didn't know about the money portion so each of them kind of knew something but didn't know have didn't connect everything until eventually they did and eight of these high officials in the OAG's office filed a whistleblower complaint with the FBI alleging fraud, misappropriation of, you know, taxpayer dollars and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, well, subsequently, all eight of them have either been fired, resigned in lieu of termination, uh, or just left the OAG's office. Disappeared into the night. Nice. Okay. Yes. Um, so eight top deputies from the office reported him to federal authorities three years ago alleging he had misused his authority to help Paul with a fraud lawsuit from the Austin nonprofit Roy F. and Cone Cole Mitty Foundation. Uh, so Paxton's done that. There was a Paxton also, this isn't criminal necessarily, but he had an affair with a woman that he got her a job with Paul's real estate development company. Um, now, Paxton's wife is Angela. Well, I, want Paxton. About, I, I want to hear about the mistress. Is she like a like I, a Texas swimsuit lady? Or, I tried you know, to these, look. I tried to he's look. He's a high up politician. High high politicians. They don't just get. I mean, I don't. Maybe like a waitress or mm-hmm. like. Um, I just figured I, that he had that kind of charisma, where it's like, oh, Miss Texas and this guy. Yeah, Something I couldn't like couldn't find anything about it. Um, but I'm sure Paxton's wife wasn't too happy about it. But. Ken Paxton's wife, Angela Paxton, is a sitting Texas senator. So if she doesn't recuse herself, she will be sitting on the trial side in the Senate. This is Uh, becoming like like the 80s Dallas. Yeah. yeah, There's some some smaller things like they have three homes. They have a house in Collin County, which is just north of Dallas, which is where they're from. They have a house in Travis County down somewhere near the Capitol. They have a condo somewhere down near the Capitol down in Travis All mansions, County. right? You say a house. It's not like a house. Like they just have a bunch of giant houses. Yeah, because one of the things was like $25,000 was used to renovate their like countertops or something. So I assume it's a pretty large scale home. Um, it's a pretty good price in this day and age. This economy. To, to it. Two of the homes are under homestead exemption to kind of lock in their tax rate, um, which in Texas, you should only be claiming one because it is a homestead. This is where you stay. This is so I don't know how they have two exemptions, but that's going to be a question, too, that comes up. Um, So you can't lose you can't lose your home in Texas from uh, from taxes. That's or or uh, that's why O.J. Simpson has a house in Florida and there's people in Texas that. They don't lose it because they have the, they have the, it's your, it's your house law. That's it. Yeah. So Paxton has uh, a history of several things that look really bad. I guess if you're the acting top law enforcement official in the state of Texas. I, I was hoping you would say murderous. I was, <laughs> I wanted I, you to like make a, a 
full-on conspiracy what's going on with his 20 charges. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what the Texas Senate does because, you know, he's got friends that's the Republican Party, but at the same time, now that a lot of this has come out publicly of, of what happened, I don't know how much support he's going to have, and we'll see. His wife will be on out. It'll work out. Yeah. That's no story. Man, what if now, she throws him under the bus? She's I'm like, remember, remember that mistress? I'm worried about the mistress, the fact that like she hasn't made the news. I feel like she might be she might be missing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the murder thing you were looking for. Is that nineteen of the twenty charges? I need <laughs> Is it one? Is it one of the twenty charges? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, I listened I listened to uh three hours or roughly three hours of the name 19 out of the 20 right now go <laughs> go. Uh, <laughs> it, it was pretty interesting hearing them lay out the case in the house um I, I, there's a lot that you know obviously we're not covering but um it will be yeah like i said it'll be interesting to see how this pans out because no texas attorney general has ever been impeached in the state of texas so we'll see it's exciting yeah and that's it for current events dr blom we can get into what you're watching. And I only have one thing listed because I had seen it the week before you saw it. Weird porn. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the one with the glowing eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the uh, eyes rolled back in the head and they could see the future. Right, right. No, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. You saw it. I'm going I'm going five stars. I'm going very close to five stars. There were there were some moments that I was like five okay, out of five? I'm, very, very close to five out of five. There was some that I'm like, okay, there, there's some backstory and the backstory kept going and it got kind of hokey and other than that. Yeah. I feel like uh this is has some finality to it. And I think in those regards the things that they're kind of putting a bow on good. It's good timing. I liked it better yeah. than Ant-Man. You know oh, what? That's good. Oh yeah. Guess what? Ant-Man doesn't have amazing spaceships. It has tiny ships and they're in this tiny, I guess, space. It's that's the whole thing, but he gets big throughout the movie a lot. So I don't know why I keep calling Ant-Man uh, guardians. Great. And then they have, you know, they always have great music. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that, uh, that blue, the blue uh, lady she's in it. Oh yeah, she's a, she's a she's a redhead lady in real life. She's pretty, oh, really? uh, yeah, she's a pretty lady. Carrie Gillen, Karen Karen Gillen. Oh, the Jumanji. That's her. Yes, that's the blue lady. <laughs> yeah, that's the blue lady. <laughs> yes, doesn't even look anything N- like her. Nebula, that's Nebula. Yeah, she is she- a she's a pretty lady. Interesting. I think she might be she might be my Hollywood crush, I think. Oh, that high up, huh? Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think. Sorry, sorry, Carrie Fisher. Meg Meg Ryan's not a she's no spring chicken, so <laughs> Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carrie Fisher all of the, the forty the, years the ago. real Star Wars, not the <laughs> it's, You don't have a Hollywood crush? Uh was that Anna, that uh, Cuban lady, Anna de, Ar- is it Armas? I don't she know. Was, 
she was uh Marilyn Monroe. She is a she is a pretty lady. She's huh. like iconic. But she's beautiful. Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a Cuban lady. Hmm. She, she's really young. I don't know. I guess I'll have to do a follow up for next week. Sean's you, Hollywood crush. Oh, you don't. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Anna. Cuban Spanish actress. Oh, hmm. she is a. Uh, yeah, Anna de Armas. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've seen anything that she's in. Marilyn Monroe. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. I, oh. So I think she. I think this is. I think this is the it girl. For a while. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Don't know. I just find it weird that the blue lady is the same lady from Jubanji. That's her. Never would have put that together. And she's Scottish. I think she's Scottish. Scottish. She's, she is. Uh, she is not American. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe. Maybe she'll listen. Hey. None of the Marvels? You don't watch any of the Marvels. You don't seen I feel like <laughs> I I I've seen Guardians, but I never saw um what's the one with the rings? The Infinity Rings? I mean there's the ring. And then there <laughs> Oh, I saw wait, the ring is that a horror movie? So yeah, I'll tell you. I watch I watch the battle scene of in game before I roll into work a lot. That's At yeah, le- I never saw it. Yeah, I don't know what everybody you know they listen to Def Leppard or or you know whatever goes on. What are you are you you rocking Yanni? You were you were a peace officer once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I was. Did you rock something out before you went into battle? Before you rolled into work? Um, I've got my I got my like going into work like let's let's get ready let's do it. I liked that Chamillionaire song that they see me roll in that one. Okay. All right. You know, cause it's police themed. I don't know the story of the song. Oh yeah. It's about, it's about being watched by the police. Uh, what are, the hives, uh, from Sweden. They actually have once they have a new album, by the way, I'm plugging it right now because I love the hives and I've seen them and they have a song and the whole song is just one word. And the song is, Come on, and it's just like it's That's like a two words. Mm, it's a contraction. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's my that's my getting ready for work. Is that the band that does the "Got You Where I Want You"? Uh, I don't know. Though. I don't think they say that. Uh, I don't think that's one of those. Oh no, that's a band called the Flies. Never mind. Okay, yeah, this is the Hives. They're, the Hives. Oh yeah, absolutely. They have probably ninety percent of their repertoire is in the gym music or getting ready for work, like rolling into battle music. Do you think they named it after like where bees live or like the skin condition? Oh no, it's a metaphor about life and the universe in general, love, war, and just humanity. It's it's wait it's, the hives it's talking about beefs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yes. what they name their band after? I mean, the hives, it represents so many things, big and small and Those things that emotionally itch. and just just in just in general, man. Yeah. Okay. I've seen I've seen them a lot a few times and excellent, excellent 
showmanship, all of it. Never, never even heard of him. I'll have to check him out. Oh my god, what is going on with you? <laughs> watch a real Marvel, Marvel. Watch Endgame. You know, uh, I, you can just start there. You don't have to worry about all the backstory. Endgame kicks the most ass. It kind of uh, got that's... me excited to watch Star Wars. Oh my god, yes, you should be watching Star Wars every May the Fourth. And by the way, as a super uh, Star Wars fan, four, five, six. That's all you need. Just the original trilogy. That's it. You don't have to go watch the pod racing. You don't have to get into Carrie Fisher is Mary Poppins, but she's in space. And uh, there's so many things that are just. I don't think uh, I've seen the first three. You don't need to. Like I saw, I saw the ones from back in the day, the seventies, eighties. Three, like um, I, I guess three, because they they really get into like oh Darth. I don't want to see Darth Vader when he's an eight year old, and he's like hey, check out my bowl cut or whatever. I don't need I don't need that much backstory. Right, I'm but cool I've, with just yeah. The, I've seen pretty much, I think all of them after that, like what Rogue Rogue One, and then Rogue One is good, and I cannot remember the name of that lady. Leia? No, in Rogue One. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know either. British lady. <clears throat> of course. Just just need the original trilogy. Maybe maybe part three, I think. And that's it. I don't well, I mean, I like Rogue One. If you if you're getting into it by that point, then treat yourself. Go with Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One is good. All right. Dr. Blom, anything else for today? I have nothing else on uh, closing thoughts. Um, I don't want to get heavy at the very end. I just want to say that I had a heavy case this week and I've been doing this job for a long time. It's very rare for something to just uh, to like surprise, su- surprise bother me a lot. Anyway, I had one of those. It's been, it's been years and uh, I'm just trying to take it all in and enjoy life. And I'm having days off soon. So I'm happy about that. And yeah, we have to go. We, we, we have to go do, we have to go shoot some stuff and get on ATVs. We got to go live life. Exactly. All right, everyone on that note, I wish everyone well for the week and we will see you guys next weekend. Happy Memorial day, everyone. Thank you. All of our servicemen, women and first responders.